This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. The Dallas Cowboys are the most dominant second-half team in the NFL. Is that a good thing, and how did we get there? Because I know it seems like a good thing, but I know some people will be like, yeah, some of these games, like the Colts game, for example, was tighter for longer than anticipated until they turned it on. Do you agree with my statement? Were you worried about that? I wasn't I wasn't here Monday. I wasn't worried at all at halftime. I was like, they're still going to win. Maybe I, they only win by 10. I but. realized I was worried when I got unreasonably excited about stopping the two-point conversion. Because, like, that would have tied up the game. So, I, I think at that moment, like, I honestly was like, oh, man. I was never worried uh, in that game. Because I, I just, again, thought they were a better team. And, I hey, they were a better team than Green Bay. But Green Bay, I think McCarthy kind of got caught up in some of the the stuff that was going on. and Maybe he should have been paying attention a little more to the run defense and trying to fix that. But they did fix it eventually. But I never, I never thought that Matt Ryan and company could continue what they'd done. I thought that the Cowboys would eventually open it up at some point, which they did. And I think it was really, it was just the moment of the interception right before halftime and the touchdown that really was like, okay, yeah, that's it right there. That's what this team actually is. And I, I think it could have been, you know, one of those where they may have not have scored the rest of the game. And you're like, all right, that kind of stunk. Uh, but the, what they did to really in that game, man, they turned that into a college football game. They did. They were like, we're going to run away with it and try and get into the uh, the CFP here. CFP, right. college <laughs> football playoff. Anything yeah. they can do to bump out TCU. Yeah, you exactly. know, the committee is like, I'll consider it. Is all right. So I did. You know they would have. Yeah, is I know. They so tried to I, get Alabama in there. I did some research about it just to see how dominant the Cowboys had been in the second half, and the things that I learned were astonishing. This season, in the second half, the Cowboys have outscored their opponents one hundred and eighty to eighty-two. It's almost a hundred more. It is, and then almost what you very good. Uh huh. What you need to factor in is the first two games, they got outscored 21 to 3. So they got outscored 7 to nothing by Tampa in the first game because that game was awful across the board. And they got outscored 14 to 3 by Cincinnati in the second half of the second game. So since those first two weeks, which not a second half team, definitively, they have outscored opponents in the second half 177 to 61. And before you say, well, that's because of the Colts game or the Minnesota game, they've played 10 games since then. They have outscored their opponents in the second half nine times. The only one they didn't was the Green Bay game where it was tied. 
So they have not been outscored in the second half, though obviously Green Bay kicked that field goal to make them lose in overtime. In the 10 games since then, they have not been outscored in the second half of any of them, and that is how they have held a definitive advantage. 177 over to to 61. They outscored teams by about an average of 18 to 6 per second half. What is DVOA, Kevin? Uh, Defensive value over, is it adjusted? So like... What you did better than what the numbers would predict that you should do. Where the current Cowboys rank among all teams since 1981. Oh. And DVOA. 2022 is at 30.7%. Okay. Seems like a significant yeah. number. Last year was at 30.9%. So they were really good last year. 94, 32.4%. Wow. 95, 32.7%. And the 1992 Dallas Cowboys team, best team ever, 35.5 percent in wow. DVOA. So, like the, the this Cowboys team currently is in that category of being very close to what they were. And it's that part is amazing, and I think it's encouraging because I feel like if you had to pick, you'd rather be a second half team as opposed to a first half team. I feel like over the years we've seen plenty of first half Dallas Cowboys teams, and I mean like I don't mean in terms of the season. I mean literally in terms of the game. Yes, I feel like we've seen plenty of first half Dallas Cowboys teams. It, it stinks when you come out and you have a, a a a really good first couple quarters, and then you're like. You go back into the the locker room at halftime and say, let's just keep doing what we're doing, guys. Right. And then you come back out and you're like, oh, crap. We did not have a plan for if they actually adjusted to us. I think Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn's defense, obviously, but Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore have done a very good job at saying, now we're, we've are we set these things up. Broadus talks about this. You see them set plays up, and then they'll go back to it maybe five plays later or go back to it in the second half. And it becomes something they can use later on because they saw the setup early. I imagine pitchers do this all the time where they'll set a guy up with a pitch early in, in the in the game and then come back and say, I knew I had him with this curveball later or something like that. But that's what the Cowboys are doing right now. All right. I'm really glad this came up. I have seen oh various texts about what? It's just such a beating to see that kind of, this kind of text that I think you're about to read. It might be a different one, okay. but maybe not. The nine four zero only dominant when they have a lead late and force teams to throw. Is that the one that you thought I was going to read? It's, it's similar to okay. one, the one that I thought you were going to read. Okay, that is wrong, 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 and I don't understand where that narrative came from. Is all right. So people have pointed to the Vikings game. Sure. You were smoking the Vikings from almost the word go, and mm-hmm. they didn't run the ball as much. Rock on. Like, fair enough. But some people are like, well, yeah, the Colts and the Giants, they didn't run it because they had to pass to catch up. False. At halftime, the Cowboys were losing to the Giants 13-7. to Remember that? Like, remember how terrible that first half of that game was? And then against the Colts, it was 21 to 13. So that's a one score game. So one of them, you were losing and your run defense was excellent. In the other one, you were winning by eight points. So that is a viable game where you can still run the ball. I disagree with that narrative very much. In the last three weeks, you have faced some of the best running backs in the league and you have held them in check across the board. That's a fact. Now, whether or not that holds up, that is a that is not necessarily a fact and people can debate that all they like. All right. Now, do you want the positive or do you want to jump right to one of the negatives? 
give there's me, no such thing yeah. as negative with these Cowboys. I, you just said they're the most dominant. You want to bring dominant? What they signed Justin Herbert? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do have. Wow. I, I do have one negative that's going to come up, but I'll give you more of the positive first. What are you doing here? The Dallas Cowboys have defeated their opponents by an average margin of victory of 17.2 points per game. That is the best in the NFL. Since Dak returned, 19.2 points per game. Wow. So that's even better. Other dominant factor, and I think this plays a part in it. Tony Pollard has five touchdowns of 30-plus yards this season. That's the most in this season by a running back in Cowboys franchise history. We still have five games to go. So you're saying he could like further extend the his, the, the record? If here. you've done it five times in 12 games, yeah. logic would dictate that you can do probably two more times. I don't, I don't expect it on every play. All right, like there, there is this part of me that's like, man, every time that dude touches the ball, he should have a 50-yard touchdown. But I expect, like, I do expect it to happen in games. It is one of those things where at some point Tony Pollard's going to have an explosive play that that you're like, wow. And, Kevin, I don't, we were talking about this earlier. Maybe we, I don't know if we're going to turn this into more of a segment, but there's a, a, a quote from this week's Sounds from the Sideline where Ezekiel Elliott says, uh, we don't get tired. We got two of them. them those people yes. over there get tired. And and this is where Tony Pollard, we talk about that, that back and forth, back and forth, and all of a sudden, Tony Pollard hits you with one, and now you're like, crap, we were doing so well. And then those, then they, they set it off, and then they can do it with their passing game, too. Now, if there is a negative, all right, I know we're not looking to hear the negatives, is, and this is what I think from the 817, Garrett did zero halftime adjustments, so they were never a second-half team. That's and I true. Think, I think we're all of the mindset that you like need to consistently adjust and evolve as the football game goes along. But I think the fact that it feels more pronounced with Mike McCarthy is that is a big deal. And somebody asked about the numbers being skewed by the indie game. That's why I brought up they played 10 times. Or in the last 10 games, they've outscored their opponents in the second half nine times, and one time it was a tie. From the 9-4-0, the offense is nowhere as close to as dominant as the defense. I like that. That's a good one. Okay. I, I'm okay with that. Yes. I'm actually very okay yes. with that. But that offense is still good, too. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, if you're saying that, that shows how good the defense really is. Because I agree with that. And that is where the one problem comes up. It is with the offense. Okay. Oh. There, look, there's one particular aspect. Negative Kevin. No. Oh, I'm Show not. His head on comes. A, I'm trying, day in Dallas. I'm trying to be. Pra- How are they going to lose in the playoffs? So, I'm trying to be practical here with something that needs to be fixed. Damn all right. right. Let's hear. It. Say practical. Is talking about practical. <laughs> all right. Seriously. You're welcome. We're up here talking about practical. All right. Now that's that was excellently done is Dak Prescott has seven interceptions this season. That is tied for the most he's thrown in seven games, the first seven games of the season in his career. Because these are his first seven games. All right? And here's the part that has to be fixed and why they've become such a dominant second-half team. All seven of those interceptions have been in the first half. I went back and tracked them all. Interesting. All seven of them. And I know you might be like, don't okay, throw the ball in the first sure. half? Got yeah, it. don't turn over the ball and you'll do better. Now, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you don't turn over the ball, this team is unstoppable, all right? 
They are awesome in the second half because Dak doesn't turn over the ball. The team doesn't turn over the ball. This offense has been top-notch. We felt all season like this defense has been top-notch. But that's going to be a problem. Like, when we talk about problems maybe catching up to the Cowboys, we talked about the run defense. Feel better about that. We've talked about penalties. Falling in that hole in the first half. I know it was different because you still had Cooper Rush, but you fell into a hole against Philly that you couldn't overcome. Now, if you had Dak, would it have been different? I don't know. Maybe. But you don't want to fall into that hole against a good team like even still the 49ers or the Eagles or whoever else you think is a good team in the NFC. Dude, I'll tell you this too. The the changes with this offense, Kevin, like I know what you're saying here. The they're, When they start pushing the ball downfield, man, it's fun to watch. And I know Dak takes some risks here and there. But that's when they're, I think they're at their best. But seeing how they were using CeeDee Lamb last week, again, I'm going to go back to, it was an exhibition game. They were trying some things out, and they tried them out, and they were very successful at them. And that's telling more. They were like, all right, we're going to incorporate some of these things the rest of the season. I would expect more CeeDee Lamb uh, later in the season to be exceptional. I'm really looking forward to it. And so, and I know that people are making multiple references to there were other interceptions that were dropped, and I hear you right there. But that is a problem that the Cowboys have discussed and they still need to work on because in the second half, Dak's not turned the ball over, period. I have a quick question about the Colts game, which I know ultimately didn't matter. The Dak ball that he threw so bad to CeeDee Lamb since they brought up the I thought that the guy, it was very close to being a catch. I couldn't really tell. And then they blocked. After they intercepted, they had the illegal block on C.D. Lamb. So if they would have reviewed that, they said it is an interception. Do the Colts get the ball? Because the the penalty happens after the ball's intercepted, not so then, before. So then that would have been a after the yeah, turnover. Like so then you trans- would attack the yards after okay. that. I swear when I was watching it, I felt like the way – Chris Collinsworth like, was so it wouldn't have mattered either it wouldn't way. Matter. I'm like, I think it would have mattered. After you intercept a ball, then there are penalties, but you have the ball. And so I was, just, I was confused on that one. And from the 214, who will have more impact, Nation Wright on special teams or Kelvin Joseph on the defense? I mean, it just is logical to say Kelvin Joseph just because that is. What if they're asking a positive? Know. What if they put who's going to have a more positive impact? I, I mean, we need. I still think Joseph will. But I think by the and end, of the, by the, end of the year, you'll you'll be like, man, I, I'm I personally think that he's going to perform a lot better than he has. Now he may still have some of those moments where you're like, the hell were you doing, dude? Why? How were you there? I, I there are moments when I'm like, how were you there? But I think the confidence and the reps are going to be very beneficial to him by the end of the season. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we move into the lunch rush as part of the expressway. The Rangers add another pitcher. Is their rotation set set or another big move on the horizon? Plus, we'll do some Mike Likes It. All of it next right here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Heaney's 0-2 is cut on and miss and a scoreless return from the injured list in the first inning for Andrew Heaney. 2-2 to Lane Thomas. Got him with a high fastball. His second K. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. The Rangers have made another move Mike is super pumped about. And Andrew Haney is, is this the last pitching move and is their rotation set? Or do you think another big move is on the horizon? So I'll start off and then Derek, I'll pass it to you. I think they're done with pitchers as maybe they sign a reliever. But, uh, you know, I would like... um, to see the bullpen upgraded a little bit because if you are planning on winning 90 games this year, which I think the Rangers look at their rotation now, DeGrom, Perez, Gray, Heaney, and Odorizzi, and go, hey, I think we can win over 80 games and hopefully get to that 90 marker to make the playoffs. But last year, at times the the bullpen was good. At times it was bad. They never figured out the closing situation. They went through four different closers is if you are planning on winning 90 games, you're going to have to win a lot of close games. There's going to be games where that 7th, 8th, and ninth inning are going to be big innings to figure out how to beat Seattle, how to beat Houston, how to figure out how to win some other big games. So maybe a, a bullpen piece or two is next, but I struggle to see them going after another starting pitcher. I would say there's still a, a slight chance of another starter, maybe not a big name, I mean, Obviously, like I told you before, Rodon, one of my friends, told me still a chance, so I'm not ruling that out. Uh, I do think the bullpen does need a, a, a little bit of an upgrade. I will say, and I'm just throwing this out there, there are some big-name closers out there. Kimbrell is out there as one. Um, but I, I think you you got to get another couple pieces for the bullpen. I think that's something else that you, you could use. There's never enough pitching, you know, due to injuries that happen, especially in spring training and during the season. You can never have too much pitching. So I think that's a big one. Uh, I do want to dive into, I think we should try to get a, I say we, like I'm a part of it, but I think they should go out and try to get another piece for the outfield, a name that comes to mind, a trade piece, Brian Reynolds. I think that would be huge. I like what you're saying there because. Owner of uh, Wrexham. After you. That's Ryan. After you go with DeGrom, Perez, Gray, Heaney, and Odorizzi, your your five starting pitchers, you still have in the organization who made starts for you last year, who right now are backups, whether they be in the bullpen or be in AAA, would be Dane Dunning, Cole Reagans, Spencer Howard, nope. Glenn Otto. Now, I know I didn't name those in the correct order, but I'm just naming four guys that made, especially Dane Dunning and Glenn Otto, they made a lot of starts yeah. for you last year, and now they're pushed out of the rotation. Now, they could be in the rotation, and Odorizzi could go to the bullpen. That is a possibility, but... Co Reagans is still a guy who you have a first round pick on who improved a lot last year in the minor leagues, showed signs of being a pretty good pitcher in the major leagues. It just takes time for him to learn how is he going to consistently get major league hitters out. For Derek Holland, he figured it out. For me, I didn't figure it out. 
I could get them out, and then I couldn't get them out. And then I could get them out, and then I couldn't get them out. And that makes you a triple-A, 4A type of of pitcher. And then you have your draft picks. You have Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, you have Owen White, and you have Cole Wynn. Those are, I think, three guys that could have an impact on your major league team. I don't think Kumar Rocker can have an impact on your major league team in 2023. He needs to pitch some innings, probably going to start him off in double-A, and that is a tough level to start off your professional uh, career at. So when you talk about Brian Reynolds, I look at well, hold on. Dane I want to stay with the. I want to, yeah, I was gonna say I want to stay with the pitching for one second too. You, so we've got four guys that are completely in the rotation, correct? They're going to be in there no matter See, what to start. That's Degrom, so. Gray, Perez, and Heaney. Yeah. Okay. You don't like think Odorizzi? So you're competing for your fifth. If that, if that's the case, I'd like to push one down. And so. I, yeah. And. Uh, I think the other thing, too, is you take these guys into the spring training. They have them compete for the fifth spot. Whoever doesn't get it could also still be your long man. I could see a guy like Dane Dunning being your long man. Then if injuries happen, he's already stretched out. He's good to go. And now he can come into the rotation to help out until he's back. Or if he proves himself as being something dominant, he stays in. And the other guy, for instance, let's say it's Odorizzi, goes to the bullpen and becomes the long man. Quick question about that. In most cases... Do you feel like the long man is somebody who was competing for a starting spot and didn't win it, and so they're going to view that as a disappointment, like on its a face? little bit? I wouldn't yeah. say it's a disappointment, but no? yes, uh, okay. no, because it's yes, you're competing for it, but you're still a part of the team, and you're still somebody that's relied on as okay. hey, you know what, Degrom's down today, we can't use him, we got you to jump right, right. in there. And usually, the long guy wants to be a starter; he doesn't want to be a long guy. That's why I'm saying right. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're I, not like, oh god, I hate being on this team, but you're just like, dang it, you know, I wanted one of those five spots. I do have this from Baseball Reference right here, and this is the predictions for all five. I call them five starting pitchers. I know that Odorizzi might end up bumping to the pen, but they have Jacob DeGrom at 101 innings. I did write down his innings. Everybody else, Ooh. I didn't. Seven and five record with a 2.85 ERA. Okay. So I think we obviously want more wins and want more innings and from honestly, that one. If those are the only if that's all the innings you're getting, I want a lower ERA. I know okay. you might be like, the ERA is already sub three, but for DeGrom, if that's all the innings you get, that's disappointing. Martin Perez, they have at ten and nine with a three five seven ERA. That a three five seven ERA would yeah. be and I'd be just fine with that. John Gray, they have with an eight and nine record with a four two one ERA. Okay. So not, not great, but fine. That should be lower. Did you say three five seven for Martin? Uh-huh. If you look at his career, that that that's pretty good. That would be a very good ERA. No, no that would be exceptional. He's had a three point six and a two point eight in his career for his two best. His second season was his three point six. Since yeah. then, it was always in the fours. So I'm like, except for be, last year. Yeah, except for yeah, last year. Right. So it would be like that's the outlier for yeah. me right now. But maybe hopefully that'd be awesome. For Heaney, uh, they have a projection of a six and six record with a four three three ERA, and for Odorizzi, seven and seven with a four two four ERA. So I do think this is good. If you end up at the end of the year with a guy in the high twos, a guy in the mid threes, and then three guys in the low fours, that's a pretty solid rotation. You're not looking at the best rotation in baseball. You're probably not even looking at the best rotation in the American League West. You would probably say Houston still is better than you, and Seattle might still be better than you. But that gives you a chance. If you look at the records, it gives you a chance to play 500 or better. I agree with that. Yeah, I think. You just need bullpen help. Yeah, and I that's that's where it comes down. I mean, I'm looking at the records you said for everybody. It was pretty much almost every guy was 500. Right around 500, yeah. So I know the offense is going to put up the numbers. They, they definitely can hit. They're going to do all that. But I just think we definitely need – 
bullpen help. Well, yeah, and I like I want to go back to your Brian Reynolds. Well, hold on, I do want to okay. say this too like for him. another bullpen piece, and I think this would be big because uh, he showed a lot of flashes of this too. Taylor Hearn, put him in the bullpen setup guy. Taylor Hearn, who's in our bay this weekend. Oh, you got him at Jared Sandler's charity event. Went with a different lefty. I see how Which it is. Which is currently at $2,000. You got rid is of that for, good? If you want to go ahead and bid $2,200, you can do that right now. Or $2,001. Either way. I think he Jared. might have a minimum about how much that bid needs okay. to go up. You do what you want to <laughs> when you call into Joey, 877-881-1053, and make your new bid. And Derek, we love Taylor Hearn. And I we also love, love you. Him more than me. And we also love you. Him. We didn't make those selections. Yeah, you get to hang out with Darren Woodson, bro. Yeah, right, carry, carry on, Mike. I'm, I'm so, hurt. well, I do think with Taylor Hearn, he can fill in a whole bunch of different roles for you. I think that's what makes him valuable as a bullpen piece is he can be a long guy. He can be a setup guy. I don't know if he can be a closer, but I do think that he can play a lot of different roles in your bullpen throughout the season besides, I would say, your closer role. And sometimes I don't think about this, but we do always have new listeners or maybe people who are trying to learn. We don't want to shut anybody out. Explain what a long man is, especially in this era of your your faux starters. Well, with how it is now, since starters don't get to go the distance and, and because of analytics, five innings is considered good. Uh, then you get your your setup guy, or, or I mean, sorry, your, your long relief guy is a guy that can usually eat between two to three innings, sometimes longer. Uh, for, you know, let's say a pitcher goes down the first inning, this guy gets to step in and extend the game as long as he possibly can. You just basically ride him out. And usually your long guy, you're not asking him to go back-to-back days. Yes. Okay, so your yeah. long guy is usually after he pitches, he's going to have two days off because you want him to be able to throw 50 pitches or I'll say you don't want to go more than 50 because then you might have to give him three days off. But you're usually looking at a long guy going, hey, when he pitches, we believe he can get up to 50 pitches in this game, but he's probably going to need two days off to be able to accomplish that again. Do you feel like not all the time, but frequently you will see the long man in what has become a poor situation? 100%. Mm-hmm. Mop up, dude. You're, a long guy's not coming in because you're doing well. Yeah. Hey, man, the starter's doing well. Let's take him out after three. <laughs> hey, what, what if the computer here? told me to do that now? Uh-huh. You might have to change that. My yeah. Luckily, like, I think yeah. the Rangers are going away from computer baseball. Hopefully. Are, are we? Do we have any concerns? And I'll go ahead and throw this out for myself. Is When you talked about Corey sliding someone down, Andrew Haney, and this might just be like the way he decided to put this in his story, is Evan Grant said... DeGrom, Haney, Gray, Perez, Odorizzi. So that could have just been like the way he decided to put that. But Yeah, it's not the order. Andrew Andrew Haney does not have a great track record of being a good full-time starting pitcher. He reminds me of Jordan Lyles a little bit. Okay. Now, he was better than Jordan Lyles last year. He went to the Dodgers and had a very good year. But if you look at a lot of his stats... You're not going to be impressed for his career. So you're really hoping he's 31 years old. His strikeouts are phenomenal, but then what? But at 31 years old, you're really hoping what you've done is you're turning him from the Mike Miner that after he got hurt and was a bullpen piece in Kansas City came here and made the all-star team. Are you looking at Kyle Gibson who was struggling in Minnesota and came here and eventually made the all-star team? Uh, Lance Lynn wasn't struggling, but he wasn't maybe as good as in his peak and then became a really good pitcher. I think he finished third or fourth in Cy Young voting uh, in the uh, COVID year for the Texas Rangers. So, I think that we've the Rangers that. the Rangers are looking at excelling at taking a pitcher okay. who has not been what you'd consider quality okay. in the major leagues, but he's been a major league pitcher and getting the most out of him in Andrew Heaney. 
you're going to get a lot too from Maddox. Maddox does such a good job sure. of helping that people don't understand is he's so good at when it comes to the scouting and giving you the right report for when you go out there to be successful. He's he's going to prepare him the right way. So that's going to play a factor. And you've got Bochi too, who's going to help as well. Who's ve- these those two combined is a perfect fit for the Rangers and what's going on. Okay, so walk down the rabbit hole for me just one second. Even if the likelihood is dropped, like let's go person for person. If they did get Carlos Rodon. All right, Jacob DeGrom, you feel good that that's a number one starter, yes? Yep. Carlos Rodon, you feel really good that that is a quality number two starter. He could be your one or two. Yes. I mean, at some point, I feel he's going to be your number one. Sure, sure. And, like, on down the line, even if, because I hear you, Mike, is, like, you think that they're probably done in this specific aspect, which I hear, is we just heard that rumbling so much. Martin Perez, I would feel like it's a great three. John Gray, I would feel like it's a great four. And then you have Haney... I would assume would take the de facto five spot with Oda Rizzi then sliding into that group of Otto, Dunning, Reagans, whoever the hell else you think in terms of depth. So I I know it's probably not likely with this move. It's two for 25 with Haney with the option to get up to 36 with bonuses, but it would be pretty amazing. Yeah, that's good. And I, I still, we've been surprised before. I mean, they went and got DeGrom, so I wouldn't rule out the whole Rodon thing. I think that's a chance, but I, I also think... You know, me and Mike were talking about too. We you got to get a couple other pieces, and I think an outfield piece would be good. I know for me, I was already speaking about Brian Reynolds as a trade chip, somebody we should go get. Um, Mike, I know you had somebody. I can't think of who it was now. You know who I have? I have the 24 year old superstar who's going to oh, yeah, be an right. MVP at some point, as long as he doesn't get nicked for his steroid abuse in use. Mr. Tatis. Yeah, but I do like the Brian Reynolds thing, and here's why. I think he's way more gettable, and you're not sure. worried about long-term contract. You're kind of not really as worried about injury history that Tatis uh, has. And then also I've heard uh, – I don't. you don't need to comment on this if you don't want to, but I have heard a lot of the Padres players are totally turned off by Tatis, don't like him as a person, don't like him as a teammate, don't want him to be part of the team anymore. Like, we're going to be just fine that we got Juan Soto. And, you know, it's kind of – they – if you're getting Tatis, you might be getting a guy that Bochi and and people like that are going to have to make sure. Yes, the talent is there. Two, you got to have the health, and then three, can you be a good teammate? Can you be a guy that people want on the team? Well, that's going to take. That's the thing too. It's going to come down to the clubhouse. If they're already saying they don't want him in San Diego, if that's true or that's not, that's not a great. Sign. It's that's not something you want, and you know. I could be wrong. I don't know what the Rangers clubhouse is like inside, but from what I hear, I don't think there's much of a leader taking over, if that makes sense. Right. So that's where it would be like, okay, you're going to need the guys like Simeon or Seeger or I don't know who else is going to, you know, your big paid guys. DeGrom, those guys are going to have to speak up on this whole thing when it comes to, yeah. okay, hey, we got Tatis. Now we got to make sure he understands what we're trying to do here. And Brian Reynolds is way more gettable. I think Tatis is a little bit more of a dream, especially because the Rangers would be taking on $300 million. Brian Reynolds is a team where the Padres are win now. Yeah. So what can I trade to the Padres? They want to win the World Series right now. They just tried to spend $400 million on um on Judge, they lost. They tried to spend over three hundred million on Trey Turner. They, they lost. lost. They didn't even lose the bidding. They won the bidding, and the players decided not to choose them. They traded for Juan Soto. They're trying to win it all. So when I look at trying to get Tatis, I'm almost trying to take money off of their hands, hoping it's kind of a little bit of a giveaway. Where Brian Reynolds, you're trading to a team. 
that is in rebuild mode in okay. the Pirates. Does that make him more gettable than somebody that I know Corey has brought up in the past is Brandon Nimmo? Is now we're not talking about a other asset in right. terms of player about stuff. Twenty talking, million or more a year. Yes, I had, a dream, also, I had a dream that he signed with Baltimore. He's oh, com- he's yeah. coming off of an injury too, if I'm not mistaken. So that that or wait, is that him or that might be another Mets outfielder? I can't remember. Either way, that I think Ryan's Ryan Reynolds or gosh Brian Reynolds would be the better fit because we can get we've got such a strong farm system. I think we can easily make that trade happen and okay. get him. And then you don't have to worry about trying to spend a whole bunch more money when he's owed for two years, I think. Well, I'm just looking at he probably wasn't hurt. He played in 151 games last year. No, I'm Brandon thinking of somebody Nip- else that was uh, hurt, hurt, had surgery, didn't sign last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm a, just, Italian I, guy. I know he's not from Italy. Conforto? but Conforto? Yeah, there Conforto, you go. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Was. Sorry. So that's how I wrote, like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, sad, you know, it's funny. Three as soon as he said, guys all new. As soon as he said, it's an Italian guy, but not really. And I was it's like, it's amazing how Michael Conforto. I'll forget names. Like, you know, the Mavericks. And last night I'm watching the Maverick game and they're complaining about Denver's defense to give Dorian Finney-Smith the open shot. And they don't know who Dorian Finney-Smith is. Literally, Kenny the Jet Smith, Charles Barkley and Check have no clue who Dorian Finney-Smith is. And this is a team who played in the conference finals last year. And then they're like, well, number 11 should have rotated. That was Denver's defender. Like, I don't know who he is. Number 11. And they're like, but that would have left number 26 open. They were literally watching the highlights going, well, number 10 ends up getting a really good shot. Yeah. And and Barkley keeps calling him Hardaway Jr. And they're like, mm-hmm. that's not Hardaway Jr., and then they're like, well, if he does rotate, that does leave number 26 open. And sure. They're What's like, wrong with that? And then and they're like, Spencer Dinwiddie? And they're like, yeah, yeah, was Dinwiddie guy. Like, I mean, that was, it's just funny to listen. But here we are where I'm like, I know who you're talking about. Like, he got hurt and couldn't play and all this stuff. But I'm like, yeah, Italian name or something like that. But it's just interesting last night watching that, too. So, But also with Brian Reynolds, too, switch hitter. That yes. helps, too. That's another key to me. And, I, I mean, he's a I played with him in Pittsburgh. He's a great player. Yeah. And I, I do think that's gettable, is that you look at Pittsburgh and you go, look, we have, let's just say, I'm just throwing this out, something that could work. And I'm okay. not saying that uh, the Rangers should do this. I'm just throwing it out. Bubba Thompson and Cole Reagans. I'm going to give you a, a guy who had a really good year last year in AAA, pitched a little bit in the major leagues, has six years of control, and so does Bubba Thompson, who – Looks like a guy who, honest to God, I think he might be able to steal 100 bases in a season. Now, he has to get to first base Mm -hmm. to do it. But he is a guy who might be the best base stealer in baseball. And honestly, he doesn't do a lot of things right. He does a lot of things wrong stealing bases and is still successful doing it. Now, I don't think he cares to learn all the nuances into being even a better base stealer. I hate saying that. But I was remember when you're asking yeah, Beasley yeah, about yeah, it. He's yeah. like, yeah, he doesn't get a lead off right, does he? Like, nope. And he doesn't do the jump properly, does he? Nope. Uh, and at times he might slide a little bit wrong into the base, right? Yep, correct. And it's like, well, how come we're not changing those things for to make him even better? Like, man, eh, don't want to. Now, maybe that will change <laughs> with Bruce Bochy. Maybe that will change, you know, with Chris Young really taking over. Like, hey, you're good at this. We can make you great at this. But I'm just throwing it out. You could give him an outfielder and a starting pitcher okay. that has six years of control for a guy that you'd have two years of control over, and it makes you better. That being said, I don't know if Ranger fans want to do stuff like that, but you know, you could throw in Leody Tavares instead of Bubba Thompson if you like Bubba Thompson better. Uh, you know, it might get to the point where, like, no, we don't want Cole Reagans because of his double Tommy John. We want Cole Wynn. 
would you give up on Cole Wynn after his really tough minor league season, your first round pick in 2018, to go get Brian Reynolds? These are things that to get something, you do have to give something because he is a uh, good player. And for me, for Tatis, I would say, look, we're not going to give you much. Like, I'll give you, I'll throw out this trade again. I'll give you Cole Reagans and Bubba Thompson. But what I'm doing is I'm opening up $300 million for you guys to go chase Xander Bogarts or, or uh, uh, Correa or chase, um, who's, I guess, the short Utley. subs. Yeah, whoever it is. No. Not Utley, <laughs> chase but, Utley. Chase yeah, Utley. that's yeah. who we're going after. Bring him in. But obviously, go. Trey Turner's off the market. But right. if you're trying to chase another shortstop or you're trying to chase an outfielder, you just tried to get Aaron Judge and were unsuccessful. Maybe you want Nim- Nimmo and you want to go get him. Well, We'll give you the money to go do this. Or maybe you guys want Carlos Rodon in your rotation. We'll give you the money to do it, but we're not giving you tons of prospects if we're going to take on this Tatis contract, which I would love. That would be my dream scenario is to build this franchise around Tatis. That being said, I need to know that first, he's healthy, and two, he's not such a problem in your clubhouse that he can be a guy you want to build around. So from the ashes of maybe the Odell Beckham thing collapsing, maybe we'll get Fernando Tatis Jr. coming up in the world. I, I just think CY is not done. He definitely has shown that he he wants to win. I mean, he, he put his message out there that he wants to change things here and he wants to win here with the Rangers. And he's already showing that, especially this offseason, uh, and I think it's, it's not done. I think the Rangers are still going to make a couple – big moves that are going to surprise people and they're definitely going to be fun to watch i mean what they've got right now is actually exciting to watch too so it's only going to get better i need to make this clear i would put fernando tatis jr in left field i can't put him at shortstop like i can't do that seager already that's going to be an issue with bochi as in like that's one of the things that bochi has to do is he has to connect seager to the texas rangers uh and then Tatis, who obviously san diego saying he's not a shortstop at all they've already said uh kim i'm sorry i'm drawing a blank on his first name who's their shortstop already they're trying to upgrade that but they said if we can't he's still our shortstop Tatis is not playing shortstop anymore in San Diego he's going to move to the outfield obviously they have Manny Machado who just won all MLB third baseman so they're not moving Manny Machado from third base so I'm looking at it going to if the Rangers got Tatis I would do just like when I was with the Nationals this was an amazing thing that probably people don't remember because it's this long ago I'm in spring training with the Washington Nationals in 2006. Frank Robinson is the manager, and he's like, yes, we've traded for Alfonso Soriano, and he's not playing from the Rangers. He's not playing second base anymore. And Alfonso Sor- or Soriano said, the hell I'm not. Yeah, I'll do what and I so want. And so the first spring training game of the season, it might have been second, but it was a night game. And he writes Alfonso Soriano batting first and playing left field. Well, Alfonso Soriano didn't show up. He he left. When he saw the lineup, he left. He went back to wherever he was staying uh, in spring training, and I'm there. And so uh, Frank Robinson makes sure to kind of show up Soriano, and he goes, I'm not putting anybody else in left field. We're taking the field without a left fielder. And so uh, when, when the game was about ready to start in spring training, there was no left fielder. And then the umpire looked over to our dugout, and then Frank Robinson had somebody jog out right before the first pitch to let everybody know that was supposed to be Alfonso Soriano. Wow. He didn't show up yeah. to play left field. 
And eventually, he went out to left field. He actually had a 40-40 year, one of the very few people yeah, in yeah, his. I remember in his. So, I mean, he ended up going out to left field. I don't know what Fernando Tatis Jr. thinks about going to the outfield, but it sounds like he doesn't have an option anymore. He's not going to be playing the infield. Kevin, as you know, Tyron Smith is at practice today. Mm. However, oh no, Kelvin Joseph was not at practice what? today. Is he sick? He's dealing with an illness. Oh, thought he might be in court. <sighs> okay. Yes. I understand. I just, like, here why it is. You might this think is his, that. his chance. This, you ever had this happen? This is my shot. This is the, my chance to go do it. And then you get sick or something like that. No. Or is that just Kelvin Joseph? He would never let It just seems like those kind of things just kind of roll into his life. Sometimes. Like your NFL network interview? Yes, exactly. When <laughs> I started coughing and I was sick and my kids are running around. And you ruined it for everybody up here. They've Nobody's never asked a human since, being yeah. back on 105.3 The Fan to be on NFL network because of you. Well, except for Jane. They actually hired her. That doesn't her count. That. Yeah, but she was. She'd worked her way from UT to NFL Network, not uh, from here straight to NFL Network. Yeah, you had a very good point there. Yeah. All right, so and Mike likes it right now. We're transitioning. I just got my MLB PAA package, which is it really happens. cool. Uh, eventually, Derek, Much you're going to be part of the late. Alumni Association, but that's still ways away. And they give us discounts on certain oh. things, which is really cool. Well, there is a class I was thinking about taking, and it's a $300 discount for former players. And there's like five different classes you can take. Part of it is like, hey, do you want to be in media? There's actually, they can do an eight-week course on trying to teach you how to become, whether it's sports talk radio, whether it's a baseball analyst on television, whatever. You can take a class that they will help you out. It's like an eight-week class. Well, that one, obviously, I don't need. I'm unbelievable at this. But (laughs) the one that Mm. I was interested in, and I need to see how much it cost, and I don't know if I would fall out of love at uh, with it quickly, or I would love it is baseball analytics class. Oh, which are I you going to get corrupted by I, analytics? I do think it would be really interesting to learn all of the crap <sighs> that they're they're doing. It doesn't sound like you're interested in learning but about this. He said crap. That was perfect right there. That's all you needed. I might, I might like some of it, and mm. I think this is the thing about analytics is. Some of it, I would say, hey, I think this is useful. I can see how this can help you win a game or help you over the long part of a season, over 162 games, maybe add three or four more wins, right? I mean, I know this is simple, and, you know, we call everything analytics now, but, hey, instead of batting my best player third where the first two guys get on base, I'm going to bat them first, where I kind of look at it at times and I go, Gosh, wouldn't I love for, let's say, Mookie Betts or Ronald Acuna Jr. to have a couple guys on base more times than not when they come up rather than you bat lead off to start the game. Right. And the thing is, is I believe the analytic is if you bat first every game throughout a whole season, Derek, you might know this answer. Do you know the analytic on how many more at-bats you get for a whole season if you bat first instead of batting third? I don't. I mean, it, what I imagine it's a good number, and that's why we do it. Well, what's your guess? Uh, For a season? Yeah, for a whole season. If you're healthy and you bat first instead of third. 48. All right. Corey? 59. Do you know the answer? No, but I would say you're at least getting one to two more at-bats a game. So, oh, if you're batting leadoff every time, so I'm going to say, yeah, I'd say, uh, no, I'd say I'm going to say like 78, 21. Really? Yeah. 
So he still went over. So That's so true. batting. Joey so batting. It. Let's <laughs> say Mookie bets first instead of third gives you. 21 more at bat. So, right. you know, you would think it'd have a bigger impact. I am surprised. That it, over a course of a game, it's rare that, and, and I'm not batting you ninth. Obviously, there's a major difference yeah. if I put you at the back half of the order versus the top of the order. But by by putting a guy that you love first that you think could have, because I think a guy like Mookie or Ronald Acuna Jr. could knock in 120 guys if they batted third. But they're saying, look, we'd rather you bat in 80 guys and score 110 times and have 20 more at bats during a season to have you impact, you know, a game a little bit more. But then the analytics to me is like, that just doesn't seem like enough to move a guy from third to first where you're look, no offense to people that bat eighth and ninth in the major leagues. They're, they're major league hitters, but they're they're your worst major league hitters. That's the, right. the reason they're batting eighth and ninth is I have nine guys. Who are my worst two? I'm going to bat them eighth and ninth so they sure. have the least amount of times to come up throughout a game. So, anyways, I just think that that analytic class could be fun. I could learn a lot. What I I'm saying is I could, should take I could, it. I could do things that I'm like, hey, I really like this. I think this is a analytic or a stat uh, that I think uh, makes sense to me and that uh, should be put in the game. Or if I was running an organization, I would really look at this number. This, I think, is a load of crap. And, <laughs> you know, these are people who never played baseball and don't understand the game at all that think they make an impact. Is this, is this a one-time class? Is it a once a week? How does this class I don't know. I, I need to go. I just got it last night and skimmed through, and I was like, this okay. is interesting. Are you saying as a show we have to do this now? No, no, no. Oh. What I would much prefer is that it's a weekly class, and Mike comes in and gives us his report. And he's like, here's why I thought that was interesting, or here's why that's stupid. This week, we looked at spray chart. Yeah, uh, you know, last week we I were think spray chart, charts are very important. Yeah. by the way, no, and yes. believe it or not, back in the day, a hundred years ago, when I played from 1996 to 2008, we actually had spray charts. We actually had batting averages against fastballs in, fastballs away, fastballs down, fastballs up. All the breaking balls we had, we had batting averages against. I know it's broken down even more, right? Mm-hmm. You get even more specific now. But I just, I always think it's crazy when. When people would say, Woody kind of, let's be honest here, drove me insane at times because we're the same age and played in the, like we were just going out there and just throwing a baseball and hitting a ball and going, I have no clue who this person is or what he does. And there were times like when Ryan Braun got brought up by the Milwaukee Brewers, I think he had at that time 20 or 30 at bats in the major leagues. We had very little on him because at that time, minor league games were not being broadcast and recorded where we could watch all of Ryan Braun's minor league at bats this year to see what he was doing. So there's a little bit of where you're a little bit. I'm not exactly sure how to pitch this new guy who who has come up to the major leagues. Is there such thing as too much information when it comes to analytics? 100%. I can only take so much to the mound. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it. I mean, I feel like you'd be doing the analytics here with these guys. Like, oh, you know, if we talk about this more, our ratings go up, you know, kind of thing. But I, I... I, I'm just not really sold on the whole analytics. You still can't teach the heart of baseball when you're out there, the the actual experience and how things are going at that yeah. moment. That's the big thing that no matter what all the analytics you have, when you're playing that moment, that's going to tell you where you need to go. All right, yeah. we need to go somebody else because he looks tired rather than, oh, third time through, even though he's shoving, you got to take him out. When I get what a chance, I say I, shoving. What is it? Like pushing people over? Yeah. All right. I like it. He's bullying. I like it. So anyways, I, 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 I want to take a look at that website just to see. And also when it says $300 off, I'm like, well, $300 Expensive. off of what? 
Yeah, just expect just to listen. Oh yeah, to hear. Yeah, so we can. You okay, expand I your see the direction this is going. Yeah, we'll all, we all do the class. We'll finish together. the rest of that yeah, conversation right. off air. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Buy it. Coming up next. <laughs> It's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Let's uh, talk with uh, DallasCowboys.com. Kyle Yeomans, next on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 